Well, partner, we got another podcast going on. I think we got a good one this time. That's right. We're back in the box with Crisis Intervention Team. Yes, and we're looking forward to talking to Miss Jones uh, and our and our major, Major Badgero. Looking forward, forward to the conversation that we're going to have. So let's start with the major. Tell us about yourself. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here for uh, a discussion about CIT, something that's really important to our organization and to me personally. Um, my name is Brad Badgero, and originally I'm from Rochester, New York. And I came down here in 1993, which wow. is probably longer than some of your listeners have yeah. been alive. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And uh, so I, I got a job here in 93, and ever since I've been uh, enjoying the progression of different things. I've worked probably about 13 different jobs wow. here uh, in the 28 or so years which is just a lot of fun because nobody wants to do the same thing every single day. Exactly. Right. Um, so I worked the road as an officer for a few years. I was a detective for about nine, and then I went into supervision, and I've been assigned lots of different places along the way. Wow. Including but, my boss at one point in time. Well, he's probably been my boss, but he just never saw me. <laughs> it was a highlight of his career. It was a highlight of his career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. And, and Ms. Jones, tell us about you. Hi. Yeah. Uh, so I have a background in mental health, and I have an undergrad and graduate degree in um, counseling and psychology. Um, I've been part of the Chesterfield Crisis Team for 12 years now. Um, over the years, kind of did different things. Um, I have a background in working in an inpatient psychiatric hospital, um, worked up in Richmond for a little while with kids in schools, and um, and now on the crisis team and manager of three different teams at Chesterfield Mental Health. So the crisis team, the same day access team, and the adult mental health therapy team. Awesome. Um, so we've had a really good relationship working alongside law enforcement for many, many years, decades, um, trying to make sure that we're providing the best assistance that we can to law enforcement and to the citizens that we all serve. Awesome. And that's one thing we talk about in all our podcasts is what the relationship with the police department and our community. So we're seeing it again. It's, it's, it's going well. It's going well. Yeah, the partnerships are essential to what we do. I know a lot of times the public sees us as just one entity, but we have a lot of partnerships. And I think in today's episode, we will hear in a, an expansion on those partnerships. Right, exactly. So let's jump right into CIT. Can either of you explain what CIT is? CIT stands for Crisis Intervention Training, and it is something that is decades old, really. It started in Memphis with one agency, and it was born out of a, an instance that their police department had with a mental health consumer. And basically, in short, it was a way to try to figure out a way to interact with people who are in crisis and to try to de-escalate things and to have a better outcome than what many police agencies were seeing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So ours started in Chesterfield when? We laid the groundwork starting in probably 2010. Uh, we sent a bunch of people to different trainings across the state. Richmond Police Department was kind of our uh, mentor if we want to put it that way. They held trainings just for us, and uh, a number of our people got trained in actually how to run the classes. Mm -hmm. And then we launched our own program in November of 2013. So we're, you know, seven, eight years in at this point. So when you say launched a program in Chesterfield in 2013, what are we going through, meaning launching? Are we having police officers going through the training? Right. At so our a CIT training is 40 hours. It's okay. a full week, which any more in law enforcement, that is a rarity to, to get uh, a full week of training. So um, it is a combination of police trainers, mental health trainers, 
um, advocates from the community, uh, lots of folks from different areas that we just want to make sure that we are uh, sharing new information and knowledge with our uh, students, mm -hmm. because it's not just police officers. Right. It's police, fire, and EMS folks come through, sheriff's officers come through. Um, we've had folks from community corrections and other county agencies as well, uh, magistrates, um, lots of different partners that we interact with on a regular basis and who might be called upon to de-escalate situations okay. with people in crisis. Um, so it's a 40-hour class, and uh, the first couple days are pretty much didactic where they're okay. in the classroom mm -hmm. and we're just learning new things uh, and having discussions as a group. Um, we have a number of people from the community who come in and share uh, specific subject matter experts, like in autism or um, dealing with seniors, uh, dementia, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, but then the real meat and potatoes of it is Wednesday through Friday when right. we start doing scenarios. Yeah. And the scenarios are where it really comes home. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you put the scenarios in uh, context with some of our <coughs> site visits where we actually go talk to people who are um, consumer mental health consumers mm -hmm. and who are not in a crisis situation. It really helps bring things home for the students to say, okay, I've seen people at their worst day. Yep. Now I see what they're dealing with uh, on a normal day-to-day, -day, and it helps bring it all together and how we can make a difference in that community. Wow. Now we have this partnership with uh, Chesterfield County Mental Health, and Carrie, can you explain how your office plays a role in the crisis intervention? Of course. So um, anytime somebody is experiencing difficulty out in the community um, and they're having to call law enforcement to make sure that they are safe at the moment, mm -hmm. um, if law enforcement in Chesterfield County notice that there are symptoms of maybe a situational crisis going on or maybe they're taking note of some increase in mental health symptoms, then they give us a call over at Chesterfield County crisis so that we can work together and help guide each other on what needs to happen in order to best serve this particular individual. Okay. Um, because we recognize that law enforcement are the experts in their realm and that we are the mental health experts kind of in our own realm. Mm -hmm. And when we work together and we communicate and we make sure that, that we are like cross giving references and information and services, then that's really when we can best serve the community um, as a whole. Okay. Okay. So, so if we, if I'm going on a call, and, and I know we, we're talking about the training, can can this can we ask dispatch this, or, or can we look for a CIT officer? How do we do that? How how do we choose which officer to say this? Who's ever on call, or how how do we do that? So we have roughly seventy percent of our sworn strength trained. Okay. That's um, a lot. 70%. Yeah. So that, that's really good. The, the, you know, you talk about different uh, programs and what the average percentages are. They like to have upwards of 30% trained. Okay. But here in Chesterfield, we've decided we just need to go across the board and have everybody go. Wow. Um, because it's a good program yeah. and it's a very important uh, part of who we are and why we do the things we do. Okay. So the chances of having a CIT trained officer working at any given time are very, very good. good. Um, now, in the middle of a crisis, uh, if we have an officer who is right around the corner and they don't happen to be CIT trained, we're probably not going to uh, hold that person off okay. from helping, but we'll certainly start, uh, start somebody who is CIT trained to, to okay. see if they can't get there. Awesome. And it's not just officers who are trained, it's 
captains, as majors, sure. as it's all of our sworn strength, right? Everyone yeah. who's sworn is seventy uh, percent. So if I if I look at it now to weigh, and again I bring this part up about defunding the police department. Everybody's saying you need to have more mental health um, people going on calls than police officers. We are already in that process of not defunding, but we have officers that are already doing their job. Is that fair to say? I'd say they're certainly wearing a hat. Okay. And they have been trained uh, better than they were prior. Okay. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, I think Carrie could probably speak to how her folks would feel about how that movement is going. Right. So we love CIT, and we've been a part of it for many, many years. Um, but I'll put a plug in for Chesterfield Law Enforcement just in the fact that even um, as they're going through academy, they're getting some mental health training already before we even move into the 40-hour CIT later in their careers. Okay. So the law enforcement officers that we have responding out to crisis situations in the county for the most part, are already doing a spectacular job as far as I can tell. I mean, right. when they call my office and they're describing to me what they're seeing in the field, um, and when I hear them interacting with somebody who's going through a really hard time, mm -hmm. what I'm noticing is compassionate and empathic officers who are recognizing that any one of us at any moment could be thrown into a crisis exactly. situation. Okay. Um, so CIT further develops those skills uh, so that they can really help verbally de-escalate situations um, and keep people safe, okay. keep people in the community as safe as possible. Yeah. Um, so CIT is important for us because it helps us uh, have kind of a common language when we're talking about what's going on with a person, and then it's helping us all be thinking from the same perspective right. when it comes to getting somebody help. Yeah, I think we're ahead of the game. I really do. Now, when we talk about the training, how is the curriculum developed? Who comes up with best practices, and is it a conversation between law enforcement and mental health, or is it a national standard, or how does that work? Yeah, so there are some national standards that go into it. I mean, CIT, um, as a not just a training, but as a larger program, um, has certain components to it, but then each area can kind of weave their own pieces into it to okay. make sure that they're getting across what's most important in their own community. Okay. And just recently, the General Assembly has put some uh, stipulations or guidelines in place. Uh, we're still waiting to hear exactly what those are going to be, but there needs to be some level of CIT in basic academies now. Oh. Um, it's not the full 40 hours, uh, but there has to be an intro. Um, there has to be some type of a partnership with a CIT program. So we are ahead of the game right. as far as that goes. There needs to be refresher CIT training, and we're in the process of developing that. Um, so... As this topic uh, continues to grow in importance mm -hmm. and probably prevalence across the Commonwealth, exactly. um, I feel like we're pretty well established in what we do and, and we're ready to meet the challenges. As and, we, and that's so. good to hear because, again, I have conversations with especially my church members. We have a, male, a men's group that we talk on Thursday, and some of the questions that are asked is, Skinner, what are, are y'all role in mental health as a police officer? What do you do? What do you, how do you respond? So now... I can have that conversation and say we do have a group of, uh, of officers that have been trained along with, with the mental health of Chesterfield County. But again, we talk about the partnership with communities. That, 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 that's a, that means a lot to us. What are we, are we, what are we doing to strengthen that, that, that bond with, with mental health? So we work a lot with, um, with different programs that, that are out there in the community. Uh, we've got some groups that we can refer to that do some mobile crisis stabilization in people's homes. Um, and so 
it, if you think of Chesterfield crisis as being kind of the point of contact for that, we can then make referrals out to whatever it is that people need. Okay. Um, there's also a, a large push um, that's upcoming for um, more crisis intervention in the community uh, from the mental health side of the world. And I think that's a really good thing. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that um, that we're all being safe. Okay. And, and right. that's we still need a law enforcement component um, to some of these cases that are going on. There are certain times where, yes, a mental health person is going to be best able to respond out, but there are other times where we're going to need law enforcement assistance Excellent. with that for Excellent. sure. A lot of times when, <clears throat> excuse me, when we respond, it's because a person is in crisis. But sometimes there are preceptors that the family or friends mm-hmm. may see something. Um, can they call your office for help or clarity or... How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if anybody is located in Chesterfield County and they're experiencing a mental health emergency, um, if anybody's thinking about suicide, if anybody is having an increase in mental health symptoms, or you know somebody that is, Mm -hmm. then uh, folks can feel free to call Chesterfield Crisis 24 hours a day at 768-7318. Okay. And most jurisdictions across the country have some type of research. Resources. Can you can you tell us that number again? Yeah, it's seven four eight six three five six. Great, seven four eight six three five six locally here in Virginia, but most jurisdictions have that. I know that we also work with Faces and another organization. Can you speak about those? Yeah, sure. Um, so Faces is a local organization um, that meets, and they are a support group for people who have. Uh, friends and family with mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, a lot of times folks with mental illness are struggling themselves, but I think a lot of times we forget about the family and their attempt to help somebody that they really care about Mm -hmm. get some treatment and get some help and navigate what that's like um, and the experience that the family themselves go through. And so that group is for family members to meet so that they can uh, best communicate to each other what has helped them and their family in the past and so that other people can kind of get an idea of, especially if they're new mm-hmm. to the group or they have a loved one who has just recently been diagnosed or starting to exhi- exhibit symptoms, um, they can get some ideas on kind of where to start. Okay. So, so major, if, I, if um, the number of calls that we receive on um, through, the, through the crisis, can you give us a number or a percentage of how many? It's really hard to identify the exact number okay. because uh, so many of them can come in as any number of different categories, like a, a check the welfare or okay. a disturbance or a suspicious or anything that may have a mental health uh, uh, component to it. Okay. Um, but what I can tell you is that uh, through probably our efforts with CIT, our interaction with our partners over at Crisis has gotten so in step with each other that we are really able to help get people um, to resources and uh, the help that they need better than we ever have before. Uh, used to be almost like a finger pointing kind of thing uh-huh. where we would look to crisis to be our yes. our savior, savior. Exactly. and to you know, get us out of the picture kind of thing. But um, CIT really has helped develop that partnership, really helps to have our fire and EMS partners going mm-hmm. through as well. We've trained uh, hundreds of those folks through through the program uh, and so now when we get on scene we can be on the same page and say okay well what do we really need to do here they don't really need to go to the hospital uh, for anything medical they really don't need to be arrested mm-hmm. uh, they need some help so how do we get them the help that they need and we uh, 
get in touch with, with Carrie and her folks and figure out where we go from there. Excellent. And is there a way to tell if this program is being successful? Is it word of mouth? I'd say probably the most that we have is uh, anecdotal, um, whether it's a family member who calls in or writes a letter or an email and says, hey, you know what, we had a problem the other day and we called you all and, you know, thank goodness that officer so-and-so showed up and really helped things go well. Um, it's almost every class that we have that we put through CIT where the very next week somebody from the class will reach out back to Carrie or me or to Jeff Easton maybe and say, wow, this stuff really yes, works. Yes. I just did this. I had a call, and I did the CIT, and then, boom, mm -hmm. uh, we had a good good yeah. outcome. Yeah. Um, so it's it's anecdotal, uh, and but at the same time, uh, what we're finding is you asked about numbers. Uh, I can't give you exact numbers, but we know that the amount of calls that we are going to that involve folks who are in crisis because of a mental health issue right. are increasing. Yes, um, yes. In, in number and probably in, uh, I don't want to say severity necessarily, but in, in the level of resources or, or need that is there. Um, that's why it's so important that uh, Carrie and I talk every week at least uh, about things that are happening uh, between our two organizations and um, you know, for the good of our community. And, and that's what we really like to see. I know one of the numbers we wanted to share was the National Suicide Hotline. Um, we know that during this COVID pandemic, we uh, yes. seem yes. to be more aware. I don't know if the numbers are up, but it seems like it's on television a lot more. We wanted to share that as a resource to our listeners. Carrie, do you have that number? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the National um, Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 1-800-273-TALK. And I'll let you know that both the Chesterfield number and the national number are 24 hours a day. Oh, good. Good. Right. So it's 1-800-273-TALK, the yes. National Suicide Prevention Hotline. But if you, if you look at, and I like to, on current events, things that are going on in our community and, and, and throughout the country, you do see a lot of calls that are mentally, mental challenged or, or crises that, we, that police officers are going on. And some of the things that I'm, I'm hearing now is we're pretty much getting prepared for the worst if that makes any sense, meaning that you get more and more calls on mental crises and things of that sort. Um, I'm just trying to picture myself now as an officer, what would I have done differently than, than what we're doing now? And I see, especially what we're doing in the um, um, CIT, I, I like what's going on. I, I really do, because a lot of times when police officers, especially hearing from church members, come on that property or come to see them, they're like, I really don't need a police. I need someone to talk to my child or my, or my family about things that are going on in that person's mind. Um, so, again, I, I, I commend you all. I, I like it. I really do. And I think I've been through the 40-hour 40, 40 training. <laughs> I think, I, I think it's wonderful. As, yeah. a, as a law enforcement officer and also as a CIT instructor, um, more importantly, I have family members who have mental illness. Right. And I see the success and I see the dedication of our department and mental health are put into this. Right, right. Um, I think sometimes the perception is from law enforcement, we show up, we handle business yep, and we in an inappropriate yep, way, exactly. lock you up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's clearly not the goal of motive here in, right. in Chesterfield. And, and we want our citizens to know that. We're, we're there to assist, to help, not just to lock that person up. So now this partnership that we're, that we're, that we're going through now, I think is awesome. I mean, I really think it's awesome. And during this training, we also partner with more than just the police department and mental health. There's the Chester House or... In, local hospitals, mm -hmm. and as well as some of the uh, 
some family support groups who come in and speak to the officers. Exactly. So it's exactly. A lot of working pieces to uh, make this work together. Yeah, it's important to know what each what each organization can do, right? right? So it's helpful for me to know as a mental health provider what law enforcement can and can't do, or it's helpful for me to know what EMS can and can't do. Um, and so we just want to make sure that we are all on the same page when mm-hmm. it comes to the resources and how each one of us can assist um, each other in making sure that we get somebody help. Wow. Wow. Something that we want everybody to, who attends CIT to take away from them, something that is a recurring theme throughout is if the students were to respond to a situation and the person that they were talking to was their brother mm-hmm. or their mom mm-hmm. or their grandmother, uh, you know, any of that kind of stuff, best friend, whatever it is, uh, how would they want things to be treated? Right. How would they want that person um, handled or talked to or are resourced in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I don't think we can go wrong right. if, we, exactly. if we are looking at something that way. Every call that we go on, somebody's in some level of crisis. Yeah. Uh, it may not be necessarily a mental health issue, but for, especially for those people who are, um, if we personalize it and we make it real and um, to have those consequences and meaning behind it, um, you know, I think we're doing well then. That's the that's the conversation. Put that's it. That's it. That's the, that's the conversation. Put yourself there. Do you have anything you want to add before we close out? I don't think so. Excellent. Thank you very much Excellent. for having us. Thanks no, for thank letting you us all. spend the message. Thank you all. Thank for you all. I mean, that, again, that's the power of the community. Working with the community, being part of uh, what the police department is trying to do, trying to give back to the community. So we we I mean, I don't want to ramble on, but this this is another good one, Elliot. Absolutely. Another Absolutely. Good one. Again, I'd like to follow up uh, the reminder listeners of the National Suicide Hotline, which is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK. If you're interested in employment with Chesterfield Police Department, just go to chesterfieldpd.com, apply, and we'll be in contact with you. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll hear us on the next episode. Another good one. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Chesterfield County Police Department Podcast. This episode was written by Daryl Skinner, sound engineer Chris Rizzuti. We are the Chesterfield County Police Department representing Chesterfield County, Virginia. Check us out online at chesterfieldpd.com.